The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon, along with Wes Reynolds, as we take you through another week of an hour-long golf betting conversation. And Wes, the tour went from New Orleans to Florida, and they brought an LSU Tiger along mm-hmm. with them. Sam Burns notched his first-ever PGA Tour victory. is rough, uh, roughly a 70-to-1 shot winning the Valspar Championship and holding off tour veteran and fellow 54-hole leader Keegan Bradley down the stretch on Sunday. This is the quintessence, Brady, of being frustrated as a golf better because I think both you and I have backed Sam Burns at some point this season, and he has not gotten there, but he certainly has shown very well He's actually led, I think, or been the leader or co-leader at some point in nine PGA Tour events this season, dating all the way back to the wraparound back in the fall in September. Finally kept the lead. One of the things that I think might have benefited him is he had a couple shaky putters behind him, including his playing partner on Sunday, Keegan Bradley, who ended up finishing second. Sam Burns gained nine strokes on the green all week. That was third in the field. And 17 under, the winning score, a much uh, lower winning score usually than we see at this event. But first PGA Tour win for Sam Burns, only 24 years old out of LSU. He's now in the top 50 in the OWGR in the PGA Championship, of course, in two weeks. Not in this field this week at Quail Hollow. He will be there in Dallas. But you kind of felt with Burns it was like a matter of time. And then what you get on this futures market, it's like, can we time him right? 
Mm-hmm. We know that he's going to win, but can we time him? And I certainly was not able to because I felt, okay, maybe it's going to come in more of a watered-down field because last week's field actually was a decent Very field. Yeah. When you have the top two players in the world, that being Justin Thomas and uh, Dustin Johnson, Thomas ended up T13, was 67 out of 69 for putting on the weekend. But yet, yeah, I think he was like second in the field, strokes gained T to green. You usually do not see that with an elite player like Justin Thomas. First off the tee, first in approach, first tee to green, and 67th putting. This was the breakdown from Sean Martin at PGA Tour S. Martin, who does a lot of these uh, really interesting stat nuggets uh, week to week. So Justin Thomas certainly hitting the ball well, which he usually does, but couldn't make a putt at all last week. He even said that. He he called his own card there. He said, if I could putt, I would win this tournament. And uh, he's probably about right mm-hmm. there. Still finished 13th and one of the worst in the field over the weekend with the flat stick. And Wes, you mentioned it. We discussed it over the weekend on the green zone and here last week on long shots as well. This tournament is typically won in the neighborhood of 8 to 10 to 12 under par. Of course, Sam Burns goes all the way to 17 under. But if you really look down the leaderboard, the guys that were around 9 under par, 10 under par, they still finished top 10. Mm -hmm. So Burns was really the outlier here. Yeah, he was. And then uh, Bradley, of course, uh, second. Camtron Gally tied for third. Has the interesting distinction. I don't have the exact amount, but I was looking this up this week, and I saw a nugget. I think it was from Justin Ray now has like 13 plus million dollars in career earnings. That is the most earnings on the PGA Tour without a PGA Tour win. Tringali is a guy I played a couple times this year and he's been right there. He's playing some of the best golf of his career, so maybe a breakthrough could be coming. He's a little bit short this week at Quail Hollow, but I've seen some people that definitely like him. Nothing much to write home about for the Long Shots crew at the Valspar. Matt Eumanns had Abraham Answer, who finished in the top 10. We were all on Joaquin Neiman, who ended up finishing eighth. And then, Wes, you had Jason Kokrak, who recorded a top 20 finish. And the European Stewart Tour streak, it ended at two wins. What happened at uh, Tenerife? What happened was Dean Burmester led the field in driving and drove his way to a 25 under par score. I think he was 60 to one. That was kind of the range he was at. He ends up winning this event by five shots. Interestingly enough, and we'll get to that in Across the Pond here later in the program, same course this week, Golf Costa Adige. It is not the Tenerife Open, though. It is the Canary Islands Championship, so they wrap up a three-week swing through the Canary Islands off the coast of Spain. So, of course, the two favorites in that market this week are Garrick Higo, who I had two weeks ago, and Dean Burmester, who were the last two winners on the European Tour. Yeah, it's kind of like the Workday Championship and the Memorial. Yes. How, how often do we ever see the same course played back-to-back, week-to-week on the European or the PGA Tour, for that matter? Certainly a rare occurrence. Maybe it benefits your handicap when they're going back to the same course for the second week in a row. This is Long Shots, the world's number one golf betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you recapping the uh, Valspar Championship and looking ahead to the Wells Fargo Championship coming up this week at Quail Hollow Club in Charlotte, North Carolina. We go from the snake pit to the green mile. And to help us handicap it this week, it's time to bring in our guest. 
It is the member guest segment right here on Long Shots, and we bring in Ryan Brickley, a three-time offender here as a guest on Long Shots. He's a golf professional in the Charlotte, North Carolina area and also a professional handicapper. You can follow him on Twitter at WinLate. And, Ryan, of course, you are in Charlotte and very familiar with this golf course. Tell us about the layout and the skill sets that are going to be needed to win this week. This is really a big boy golf course and one of the most revered tournaments on tour right there with Riviera and the Memorial, some of the non-majors that are really highly regarded and Quail Hollow and the Wells Fargo champion uh, championship is certainly one of them. What type of player do you think will find success here on this golf course this week? Well, thanks Brady West. Uh, good, to, good to be back with you guys as always. And uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Quail Hollow club has kind of evolved, I guess in the last 10 to 15 years into a, into a course that not only the players really enjoy playing, uh, but has kind of, you know, elevated its status with the PGA Championship back in 17. And, uh, of course, next year the President's Cup is coming. So so they're able to draw, you know, a lot of the world's best players. Uh, we actually just had uh, some much-needed rain come through the area here uh, the last two days. And so I think it'll soften up the golf course just a little bit, which uh, may, maybe eliminates some of the shorter hitters that would have been able to benefit from the, from the roll that they would be getting on these fairways. But, you know, it, like you said, it's a big boy golf course. Uh, it, it favors a ball striker. Uh, you know, length certainly helps a lot. Uh, it's not it's not imperative, but it, it certainly helps a couple of the par fives, uh, particularly number 10 and number 15, uh, have a little bit of a bend to them. Uh, 15 and especially have some water in play. So you not only need to be able to drive it long, but driving it straight is great as well, uh, as evidence with, uh, with Justin Thomas and his win uh, in 17. Uh, so again, I think it's you certainly have to look at the chalk as we're handicapping this board to begin with. Uh, but there's a lot of great ball strikers that, that have you know that are up and coming and I think still have a good chance as well. Uh, and if we look at the history of this tournament as well, uh, you've got guys that have become you know first-time winners have have, have popped up here, uh, kind of unexpected uh, at unexpected spots. Um, but with the quality of the field this week, I, I kind of think we're going to see you know the cream rise to the top as we go and and, and see a lot of great players in the mix. Ryan, do you think a lot of that is due to the renovations that that Tom Fazio made in terms of obviously for the PGA Championship, this is now a par 71 instead of a par 72, 7,500 yards, about the longest par 71 you're going to find outside of Beth Page Black. So one of the things I looked at this week, ball striking is important every week, but I really think off the tee is going to be important because this is not a short golf course and you are going to have a lot of approach shots from about 200 yards into the screen. Even the longer hitters, even like DeChambeau, are going to have some long approaches. So did you take that approach in terms of maybe lane leaning more off the tee in terms of that game rather than approach, which is obviously something we look at every single week? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, again, as I, as I went through it, I, I kept kind of gravitating toward the guys that we know hit it farther. And, and I think that, you know, again, a good example of a guy that's in great form right now uh, that you have to take a hard look at it. And we also hits, fits that potential, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, first big win on a big golf course uh, is Victor Hovland. Um, he's, mm-hmm. he's in great form. I, I believe his, uh, his stats bear out that he's like 29th on the, on the tour in, uh, in total in driving distance. But if you use the statistic where they measure the distance of all drives, he's like sixth. And, and so again, he comes in hot. He drives extremely straight, extremely well. Um, and, and again, as I, as I went on down the list as well, you, you look at Roy McIlroy's success on this golf course, and, and here's a guy that obviously is not in great form, 
but if he can get it going off the tee like he's capable of, uh, it, it allows him to carve this golf course up and, and have a lot, uh, you know, a lot shorter approaches than a lot of those guys. So, uh, yeah, there's no question that, that from my perspective, the, the guys that, that drive it in play and drive it long, uh, you will have an advantage this week, just like always. Ryan, their field this week seems a little bit less sexy than we're used to here for the Wells Fargo, and it seems like it would be a perfect spot for the final tune-up before the PGA Championship in a couple of weeks. Is there any explanation locally why maybe some of the players are taking this week off? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I, I don't know if it's just maybe the scheduling spot. Uh, you know, it, it, but, yeah, it, it is a little puzzling. Uh, the one, one notable person that I thought sure would be here uh, but I don't believe he's playing as Kevin Kisner. Uh, and, you know, again, I guess maybe just fit the schedule where he wanted to get some time in and get some work for the, um, uh, you know, for the PGA, uh, which is, what, two weeks away down at, down at Kiowa Island. So um, I believe, I, I think it was, you know, what, 10 of the top 15 are here, uh, something like that. So, um, yeah, it is. You're right. There's, there are notable exceptions to that. So I, but I don't necessarily have an explanation, really. Ryan, I got to ask you about Bryson. He was one that I played this week. We have not seen him since the Masters, where he had his usual disappointing finish at Augusta, just hasn't figured it out, ended up finishing tied for 46. But he's now had three weeks back in the laboratory, so <laughs> to really work on some things or drink some protein shakes, whatever uh, whatever you think he's doing. But he's had three weeks off. He finished fourth here last time he played. I believe it was back in 2018. Do you expect that this is going to be a successful layout for him. This is a big course. He fit all the stat profiles that I looked at this week in terms of off the tee, proximity from 200 yards, et cetera, et cetera. One, two, not too long ago at Bay Hill. Do you think Quell Hollow is going to be a good fit for Bryson? Yeah. You know, if he hits it in play, it's hard to say that it's not because he, uh, and I'm decidedly Brady. I think had this conversation off the air, of course, one time, but for whatever reason, I'm decidedly not a fan. Um, but it, it, with that being said, what he does and the science that he applies, I think there are certain golf courses where it's going to really play well. Um, in my opinion, there are enough tight holes at Quail Hollow, though, that I think he may get himself into trouble. Um, however, you do have two drivable par fours for him, uh, number eight and number 14, uh, really are I'm curious to see what he's going to hit. It'll probably be either a long iron or probably a three wood or, you know, whatever he decides, whatever club he puts in the bag that goes, you know, 300 yards in the air and then can kind of stop. But, uh, um, yes, the length will help, but I just, for for whatever reason, I think experience on this golf course, I just don't see him dominating it like, like he did maybe at Bay Hill. So uh, we'll see, Um, you know, certainly at Augusta, I think the, the penalties that, that are incurred by, by missing by a little bit and some of the, the slopes around the greens uh, really didn't fit his, you know, don't fit his game real well. But, but there's no question that Quail, uh, I think, could potentially be, be one of these courses. That, like you said, his his skill set does uh, does give him a, a decided advantage on certain certain areas. So, Who do you think uh, will win it this week? Ryan, did you find yourself on some of the shorter shots at the top of the board and maybe anybody uh, down a little lower, some of the long shots that you think uh, think might fare well this week as well? Yeah, Brady. So I, I actually pulled the trigger on two, and I, I was very conservative. I, I feel like I feel like there's a, a you know that 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 top tier. Any of those guys could jump in and win, and I just didn't feel like paying the price. Uh, the one that I did pull the trigger on at the kind of a mid tier is I went about twenty two to one. I, I went with Tony Finau. Uh, you know, after he played well at Augusta, he hits it a long way. 
we certainly, I think, are still waiting for that that signature win from Tony Fino, uh, and I think this fits the bill for that. So, so he was the first one that I pulled the trigger on. Um, you know, gun to my head, I, I still think Rory McIlroy maybe gets it together with all the good vibes he's had at this place in the past. Um, I think he shot 63 in the final round here in, in one of his signature wins, which at the time was his course record. Um, you know, again, I, I'll believe it when I see it with him because he certainly has been so, you know, disappointed in, in the last couple of months. But this is a, a, a soft landing. It's actually his birthday today. Uh, he is the all-time money winner on this golf course, two-time champ, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, but as we go down the board, there's a couple that I like as well uh, with some local flavor. Uh, first of all is Harold Varner III. That, he's probably my biggest uh, long shot. I got him at 75-1. to 1. Um, He's had a good season. He had, a, 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 I believe, a, a solo second finish um, at Harbortown. Uh, he got married last year. He's, he's a little bit more mature, and his game's definitely rounding into form. And uh, It would be a, a, a widely popular win here in town because he grew up in Charlotte, is also a member of Quail. Um, and, and then finally, you know, the, the, as we go on down, I think that um, – I think Luke Glover is worth a look. Uh, he, he's, you know, his ball striking just overall is is exceptional. He won, he the last time he won on tour was ten years ago here on this golf course. Um, and, and again, I just think he's he's trending well. Uh, what we've seen recently out of him. A lot of guys. Uh, really, only pulled the trigger on two. Oh, sorry, Ryan. Uh, a lot of guys you were listening there that obviously play down there in college golf, HV3, of course, at East Carolina, and uh, Lucas Glover at Clemson from Greenville, South Carolina. So a lot of those Southeast angles absolutely make sense. But in terms of maybe players that you think could perhaps struggle here at Quail Hollow, maybe somebody you're going to fade in a matchup or, or something like that, or somebody that might be priced pretty high on the board, but you're like, hey, I just don't see it. I don't think that uh, they're going to be a contender here this week. Yeah, so actually, I took four matchups, and, and these were uh, you know based a little bit on that. One of them is definitely a fade, uh, and I took Cameron Tringale uh, over Brian Harmon. Uh, Harmon uh, actually has officially has a win at, the, at in the Wells Fargo Championship, but that that win came at, in, uh, in in 2017, the year that they played it at a different golf course down in Wilmington. Um, and again, his length is, still does not match up with this golf course, in my opinion. Uh, so I, I, I like to fade Harmon. Um, I did take uh, Jason Day, who's also a past champion here, uh, over uh, Shane Lowry. Uh, and Lowry's another one of those players that's played great, but. I just feel like Day's got good vibes here. Uh, his putter it seems to be rounding into form a little bit, and they will have these greens at a you know not an Augusta-like pace, I don't think, but certainly extremely fast. Um, and and really the the only other player that I can think of that I just you know I, I want to fade for whatever reason uh, is just is is Webb Simpson, and and again he just seems doesn't seem to have his touch on this golf course, even though he's a member there, it's, it's like a running joke that he can't win his own club championship. Uh, so he would be the only one at the top of the board that I, and I'm not, I didn't necessarily bet against Webb Simpson in a matchup, but uh, for whatever reason, he just doesn't seem to play his home golf course that well. So Ryan, do you have any early bets in pocket for the PGA championship? We uh, touched on it briefly here, of course, in a couple of weeks at the ocean course in Kiowa Island, South Carolina, any bets that you've already made or anybody that you're considering as we near ever closer to the season's second major championship? Well, it's interesting. Yes. That I pulled the trigger on one uh, back in January that at this point I kind of regret because he's not in good form, but uh, I, I, I tried Patrick Cantlay at, uh, at long odds, 
um, before the, the West Coast swing, and, and he certainly has not had a had a great uh, season so far. Um, once again, I, I, I always love to do the for courses angle, but uh, I just think Rory McIlroy and his good good buys from winning the PGA Championship uh, at Kiowa. Uh, is somebody that maybe you could still grab at a nice price right now because he hasn't played well recently. Um, I think Dustin Johnson. Uh, I mean, that's an easy answer, but uh, South Carolina native. I think he would, you know, would really, really like to put a, uh, a home state win under his belt uh, at Kiowa as well. Um, and really, I think you look to anyone that plays well in the wind. Um, you know, whether it's a Mark Leishman or, or guys that stereotypically, you know, just play extremely well in those tough conditions because. Uh, that's the. I mean, Kia was an extremely difficult test of golf, but the wind is certainly a, among its its greatest defenses. Um, so, so that's really you know the extent of what I've looked at for the PGA at this point. Ryan, just about a couple minutes left, but of course the Ocean Course at Kiwa is a Pete Dye design, and I know that you've probably played a fair share of Pete Dye's uh, over your time as a golf professional and and also as a player. Any kind of nuances that's different with this track than maybe some of your typical Pete dies that you notice? Um, really, this one matches up very well against Whistling Straits up in uh, up in Kohler, Wisconsin. Uh, both have spectacular settings next to the, the body of water, uh, and and again, large bunkers, sand dunes, and things and the whatnot. Uh, but again, the wind just wreaks havoc, and uh, it it's kind of an atypical Pete Dye golf course. A lot of his where he used the railroad ties and he's got, you know, natural features where he's kind of made it a little tricky with the bunkers, but, but Kiowa is unique uh, in that it's, you know, it's completely by the ocean. It's got, um, it's basically the dunes and, and everything that go along with it. So it's, it's really a, a, kind of an out of the norm Pete Dye golf course uh, from my experience. Um, uh, just on a side note, I'm not a, not a particular fan of his design. I feel like in a lot of cases they're, they're overly difficult uh, when they don't need to be. Um, but again, that's not a, I mean, he's obviously a genius and has had some unbelievable pieces of property to work with. Um, so again, I think we're going to see a, a great test, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks at the PGA championship and, um, it's always, uh, always exciting, but yeah, I, I think it's a wide open, um, uh, field, uh, as far as, you know, his test compared to what these guys are, are normally used to. It's just a little bit different because that wind element really is the hardest thing that, that uh, as a golf professional you face, um, Ryan, uh, have you played the ocean course at Kiowa? I have. I've, I've played there three or four times, um, and uh, again, it's a, it's very very fun to play. It's uh, it's it's one of those. I think the three times I've played it, I, I'd say I've played it in in moderate, um, you know, you know, steady, and then gusting wind. So the three three different times and and varying levels of difficulty, and uh, it, certainly for the average player, much like a lot of the championship venues that you see. Uh, if you go out there, I mean, the caddies alone, I think, would, will tell you that, uh, you know, they they look for golf balls more often, you know, with, with groups and, and guys that come out there that are 15 handicaps or above, uh, almost don't enjoy the experience. It's it's just a brutal test of golf, and uh, uh, again, it's it's certainly fun to fun to say, hey, I went out and tested it, but. Uh, uh, funny story, I remember years ago I was playing mini tours on uh, one of the other courses, Osprey Point, uh, at Kiwa, and they had a sign on the pro shop door after our rounds. They said anybody that wanted to go play the ocean course after your, your tournament round could do it for $25 for a cart fee. And, and I 
politely declined because I didn't want to go destroy any confidence I had going as a, as a player at that point by Ryan, Ryan, the uh, the afternoon. Ryan, stick around with me for just a second. We'll finish that story. We got to go to a break here, my friend. Okay, we'll be right back. It's long shots here on VSIN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on the world's number one rated golf betting show. Finishing up with our guest, Ryan Brickley, a golf professional in the Charlotte, North Carolina area and professional golf handicapper. Ryan, you were talking about your experience at Kiowa having played that course. Please carry on here and finish that story you were uh, talking about in the first segment. 
Yeah, sorry about. It. Didn't mean to ramble on, but no, it was uh, playing the mini tours, and we we had this, the opportunity to go play the ocean course for twenty five dollars after after our tournament rounds, and uh, I, I decided not to just because it, I knew how hard it was, and I didn't want to go and uh, destroy whatever performance confidence I had going at the time. So I waited literally an extra probably six or eight years before I then finally got to play the ocean course. But uh, it is a a brutal task, and uh, again, look forward to seeing how the the greatest players in the world uh, you, know, you meet that challenge here in a couple of weeks all right well very good uh and i'm gonna give you a hard time for the rest of your life that you were scared to play the ocean course at kiowa but that's okay i'm not afraid to admit that (laughs) (laughs) we appreciate you joining us here on another uh, edition of long shots we like to go to you every time they stop in charlotte north carolina for the wells fargo you enjoy the tournament my friend and we'll talk to you down the road Thanks, guys. Best of luck this weekend. Thanks, Ryan. All right. That is Ryan Brickley. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I might. it sounds like I might be scared of it's, that course, too. It's not afraid. To, it's <laughs> it's not bad to admit your fears, Brady. That's a that's a big trek of a course, too. That's 7,600 yards. That's a big course here for the PGA. I remember I played a uh, course in Hawaii, and my buddy who teed off before me was a better player than me and absolutely ripped one. Looked like a really good drive, and it barely stayed in bounds. And I'm going... What am I about to begin here? This is going to be brutal. So I know the feeling. Wes, it's like uh, you guys got a par three. Yeah, right. <laughs> you have a, a putting course, possibly. Um, we've got another event on the European Tour on the same golf course this weekend. The uh, Cross the Ponds. We go to Spain once again, the Canary Islands, for the Canary Islands Championship. And we were talking about that in the first segment. They're playing the same golf course again for the second straight week. Does that make your handicap a little easier? It actually doesn't because one of the things that happens is you have a lot of the guys that played well last week that, of course, they're going to be adjusted in the market. And I think oftentimes you say, okay, they played here last week, so they can go ahead and do it again. And I didn't necessarily go that route with very many of the guys, uh, the two favorites here, Garrick Higo, 12 to one, who I had a couple weeks ago at 40 to one, and he's now 12 to one here. Dean Burmester, 16 to one, who won here last week. So that's why that they're the two favorites. And look, you're going to get low scoring here if the wind doesn't blow. 25 under par was the winner here. Second place was 20 under par. I would expect it to be that range, but it does revert back to a par 72 this week. So one of those short par fours gets converted back to a par five. So mm. I don't think it's going to affect. These are wide fairways, very firm, plenty of rollout. So you're going to get low scores again if if there's no wind in order. So where Where I looked, I guess I'm going to play that South African narrative. South Africans have won now the first two events, both Higo and Burmester here in the Canary Islands. Let's see if it's three for three with Justin Harding. Mm -hmm. Also, Louis de Jager at 50 to one, both South Africans. Harding 12th and 15th, so not like right there for the win the last couple weeks here in the Canary Islands. He did win in Kenya seven weeks ago, so he's already won this year on the European Tour. Over the weekend, he gained 3.6 strokes tee to green, and it was just plus 1.6 in the first two rounds. Lost strokes on approach in rounds one and two, actually minus 272, and then plus 280 over three and four. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe that momentum in the back half of the event is going to carry over this week. So Justin Harding, 22 to one. The other South African I mentioned, Louis de Jager, 50 to one. Fourth in strokes gained tee to green last week. Putter let him down, and he finished tied for 12th. 
Lori Cantor was a guy I used last week, and I was maybe a week early or perhaps even a couple weeks early. 48th last week, but he had had six weeks off. So I ignored the fact that maybe he was going to be a little rusty, and that's what he was. Third event in three months, sixth in the European Tour for Off the Tee. Think he can go here well here this week. Sebastian Garcia Rodriguez, 63 to 1, was eighth last week, disappointing one under 70 on Sunday, sixth in last week field on approach. And then Gavin Green, this might also be another rust, but this was just taking a number, has had five weeks off, can kind of be an erratic driver, but a guy can make a lot of birdies. And this is such a wide course where you're not going to get into much trouble off the tee. So if he's a little erratic and a little wayward you can play your way out of trouble and uh, really not get penalized too much i would think during uh dean burmeister might be a real fade this week because mentally that's a weird situation yeah hadn't won in a few years so hunger's different this week he's relaxed he's like yeah i got this you know maybe some overconfidence i would think uh i don't know if you play any head-to-head matchups on the european tour but he might be a that'd be one i'm gonna look at for sure all right we'll come back it's major implications next on long shots we'll be right back keep it here on vsin The next major championship of the golf season is just 16 days away. It'll be the PGA Championship beginning on the Ocean Course in Kiowa Island, South Carolina on Thursday, May 20th. And with just a couple of weeks left to go here, we figured it'd be a good time to take a look at some of the plays the Long Shots crew currently has in pocket. And we're going to start with our man, Matt Humans, the uh, silent partner here on the show. Sometimes Humans shows up, usually for the majors. I think he'll probably be back in a couple of weeks for Kiowa, but he's already got a play on Joaquin Neiman and a pretty decent number as well, 67 to 1. I've seen him a little lower than that. Looks like he timed this one right, but uh, I think Neiman makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, but one for sure, Wes, is I think with this guy's ball striking, and you and I talked about it last week, and Ryan Brickley mentioned it as well, I think Neiman's a pretty good wind player, mm-hmm. and we saw that play out in Hawaii earlier this year. And this might be a guy kind of like the stick with, and I'll get to uh, my mention of Neiman here in the final segment of the program, but 66 to 1 and low 60s, kind of the range he's in in the global marketplace, and look, he's a guy that's won on this coast before. That's why uh, I think he won in West Virginia at the Greenbrier. Obviously, that is not necessarily by an ocean like Kiwa Island is, but He's a guy that I think is kind of coming into form. He's a very young player. People forget because he's, I think, made his tour debut at what, like 19? Yeah, I'm not even sure if he's a little bit over 18. Yeah, he's still 22 years old. So. He was a guy I'm still taking a look at. We still got a couple weeks to get to market, so I can't really argue with it. And you have got a few plays as well. Last week on the program, you did not have anything in pocket yet, but you've seen enough where you've jumped in a little bit here. Yeah, I went. I have three right now. Victor Hovland at 33 to one, and uh, I'll mention him also later in the final segment when we get to our bets for the Wells Fargo Championship. But 
A guy that I think is really kind of coming into form, uh, featured uh, well, uh, was very good in the PGA Championship last year. And you're seeing these young guys, they're not bashful, Brady, in terms of contention. They are coming out there and they are playing well right away. We saw it with Morikawa. I know Matthew Wolf has really struggled this year, but first two majors, what was he, fourth and second? Yeah. In his first two majors. And Will Zalatoris. So, so, yeah. So, it used to be, okay, and you have to have experience in these majors, and you have to go through that pain. And these guys are saying, you are wrong, Wes Reynolds, in terms of believing that theory. We are going to go ahead and go out there and contend and not be bashful and win right away. That also applies to Scotty Scheffler, who was a much longer odd price at Harding Park last year at the PGA. But he was in the final group with Dustin Johnson. I don't think... I remember it well. Yeah, you know, I, I know. I and it him, wasn't right? it wasn't a good end. I, I understand, but <laughs> but he was a long think, shot. I was happy to be. I that don't close. think he played that poorly either. No, it's he not didn't. like he tumbled down the no, leaderboard on Sunday. All. He was right there, still on the first page. So Morikawa beat everybody. Yeah. Scheffler and Johnson didn't lose. It. And I like the way, even though it's a different course, uh, Austin Country Club's Pete Dye design, mm-hmm. and he went all the way to the finals at the match play. So I think that that gave him a little bit of confidence in an event like the PGA. It's tough to do it at the masters uh because of of the tradition just that's a course where you need more experience but at a pga where you probably got to score a little bit lower i think that matchup uh, in terms of that match play down there in austin gave him some confidence when you can go ahead and beat guys like john rom mm-hmm. in a matchup it's like i can compete and i have the confidence to compete with anybody so scotty scheffler 50 to 1 jason kokrak 125 just because if you look at this course it's going to be a little over 7600 yards i don't have the exact measurement in front of me i think but you can stretch it to 78 yeah and actually i just see that now 7849 is that how is much beast. it can stretch and that's as long as you're gonna get that's longer than Beth Page. Yeah. So you're gonna need a guy that's gonna be able to be a big hitter off the tee and gain strokes off the tee. So Jason Kokrak is usually very good at doing that. And I'll probably have some chalky players too like Bryson DeChambeau, John Rahm, guys who are short odds that are going to gain off the tee. I'm just kind of waiting to the end to see how high of a price I can get. It probably won't be that high. I mean, you're talking, okay, can I get 16 or 18 to one instead yeah. of 12 or 14? That's all it's going to be. They're but not going to get to 20. There's no real rush really to bet it though. So you might as well wait if you're betting a shorter price, but these are the three I'm on currently. And Kelly Bidlin, our producer, is going to jump in here as well. We kind of made him a golf better, Wes. We're going to, That's right. We're going to stick to that and take credit for that. And uh, <laughs> you've got a few plays as well, my friend. Oh, definitely you too and Matt Brown, no doubt about it. Yeah, I got, I've got four. And I think, you know, Wes, I think you just said it well, those shorter odds guys. I don't think there's any reason to rush on. And Brady, and we were talking a little bit about this last week. And that, I think it was right after the show last week. I went and put most of these in because I think it's now. Now's the time. If you like any long shot guys, grab yeah. them now because those are the odds that are going to shorten up between now and then, especially if they're playing well. And I, I mean, guys that I played, Keegan Bradley, Charlie Hoffman, Abraham Answer, I mean, all top 20 this past weekend. So, yeah, they've all dipped. Yeah, they've, I'm sure these have all dipped. Chris Kirk's been a top 10 machine this year. So, yeah, Answer at 100-1, to 1, Kirk at 200-1, to 1, Keegan Bradley 250 to 1 and Charlie Hoffman 300 to 1 was a number I almost fell off my chair when I saw that and one. And maybe you could split those two as first round leaders because I look at that board that you have Kelly and I'm like 
one of these guys could easily be a first-round leader. And that's a market I haven't done that I need to get more involved in with some of these, where maybe you split them a little bit in terms of your unit. I, I would love to see – one of the markets I would love to see posted any, anywhere, anytime soon, is any round leader. Mm-hmm. That's one I would love mm-hmm. to see. I would there love to be able to play. Because you're right. One of these guys very well could lead a round. I don't know about winning the thing, though. Well, Keegan Bradley last week. Charlie Hoffman is that type of guy. We see him do it at Augusta National. All those guys – I think have that uh, that breed, if you will. They like to be up there at the top of the leaderboard early. We'll see if uh, they can make it late as well. Ryan Brickley's Twitter handle, win late. That's what you need, Kelly Bidlin. Uh, I have some plays as well, and Wes, I'm going to uh, mirror you with Victor Hovland. I have him at 30-1. to 1. I, I really, you know, Ryan talked about him as well, not only for this week. And I think you can use last week at the Valspar, this week at the Wells Fargo. I think you know, not only is obviously that current form, but I think the the way the courses play matches up a little bit as well. I also think Winged Foot and Tory Pines match up a little bit uh, for this week, and and I'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, Shane Lowry is a guy that I played, and this kind of went off of our conversation last week, Wes, about the wind. And, and Ryan Brickley talked about it too. You know, a coastal course, Shane Lowry has done very well at Pebble Beach. Uh, You know, the Northern Irishman, he's used to playing in these type conditions. So I absolutely jumped on Shane Lowry, and, and I couldn't believe the number. He's anywhere from 65 to 90 to 1, and I was able to find him at 150. I just looked at that. I saw him at 84 to 1 at Circa Sports here in downtown Las Vegas, and I thought, I don't know if it was you, Cannon, that moved that all by yourself, (laughs) but somebody else likes Shane Lowry in this market right now. I also went with Bubba Watson, got him at 150, and Keegan Bradley, I'm there with you, Kelly, on that one at 250 to 1. We'll come back with our plays, the match play segment, our plays for the Wells Fargo Championship coming right Right up on long shots. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if... no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you. It is the match play segment where we go over all of our plays for the week's tournament. Of course, it is the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow Club in Charlotte, North Carolina. Really one of the big boy tournaments on the entire PGA Tour schedule. And we start with our man, Matt Humans. I don't believe he has any head-to-head matchups. Actually, I take that back. He does have one marquee matchup where he is uh, fading the favorite here. I know he went with Justin Thomas over John Rahm, and he's got Thomas at even money. And right now, I'm not going to say he's on the wrong side, but he's on the wrong end of the number right now. Rahm is really steamed up to about a minus 135 favorite in this matchup. And Thomas, I believe you can get about plus 115 in this head-to-head now. Yeah, and and I did not bet Rom. I'm usually the guy on this show that bets Rom the most. I'm kind of maybe waiting for the PGA. Also, Rom is going to play the Byron Nelson mm. next week in Dallas. Surprisingly enough, a lot of the top guys are going to skip that. But I understand why you look. Thomas is always up there in terms of strokes gain approach. Even though I valued off the tee a little bit more than approach this week, but where look, where is where you would give the edge to Rom? Absolutely. But Thomas has won at this golf course too. Right? Absolutely, he won here. In the 2017 PGA Championship. So far as lone major, I would expect him to get some more. But look, number one in T to green last week, number one on approach. Yeah. He just couldn't make a putt. So you got to think, okay, is this going to revert to form this week? And and maybe it very well could. He was a little short for me. I want to see, you know, when a guy puts that poorly and he's that elite of a player, you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but you also want to see a little evidence. 
He also has Thomas on an outright at 12 to 1. Justin Thomas, as I mentioned, and Wes Notes, a PGA Championship winner here at Quail Hollow in 2017. One of the shorter shots on the board at 12 to 1. And uh, Matt went to the well with another one of his favorite players, the X Man, Xander Shoffley, who's been a popular bet. I've seen his odds uh, get chopped down. Uh, apparently, some wise guys on Xander this week. He's at 18 to 1 in Matt's pocket. And then Webb Simpson, Ryan Brickley talked about him as. You know, a kind of guy that he likes to fade here. Webb is a member at Quail Hollow Club, and certainly earlier in his career, he really struggled here. It was a tough thing, and Wes, you and I talk about that, betting against a golfer in a home game. But yet he's been better in Greensboro for the Wyndham Championship. Yeah. And uh, Webb Simpson, of course, uh, played his golf at Wake Forest. I also have a former Demon Deacon on my card, which we'll get to momentarily. So Webb's had a couple good finishes here, but... You would have thought, okay, this is one where he's going to win. But one of the things I'm always reminded about, of about Webb Simpson, because one of our frequent guests, Indy Jeff, mm -hmm. Jeff Seeley, likes to play Webb Simpson a lot. But he really likes to play him on, like, shorter courses, 7,100, sure. 7,200 yards. This is a bear of a course. It's about 7,600 yards. So sometimes, of course, Webb Simpson's a very accurate hitter, but he's not a very long hitter. And maybe this course is too big. I don't know. He certainly makes logical sense here. And you would think, okay, this guy's got top five after top five here. He's got a couple for his career, but has always been better at Sedgefield than he has really here at Quell Hollow. And Matt also added Tony Finau there. Got a really good number on Finau at 29 to 1. Finau uh, now more in the neighborhood of 25. And to I'm one. a little worried about that too because Ryan Brickley bought it up, and it's something I often say on this program. He's going to win a big event in a big field. And I consider the Wells Fargo a big event when you got 11 of the top 20 in the world. And based on the players who have won this event in the past, Rory, Tiger, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler. So you've had a lot of big names win here. So I don't it think, would not uh, be a shock. I, I don't think Mickelson has ever won here, but I think he's maybe had two or three second places. He's, mm -hmm. he's I mean, you're, to your point, there has been some very big names that have competed here. Vijay Singh. So certainly some of the best players in the world have turned Turned, uh, Quail Hollow into a victory. Let's get to your plays, Mr. Uh, Mr. Reynolds. Okay, Bryson DeChambeau, 15 to 1. I'm a little, maybe a little bit more chalky than I like to be, but when I looked at a lot of the modeling this week, he was the top of the heap everywhere in terms of strokes gained off the tee, ball striking, tee to green, proximity from 200 plus yards, because you are going to have, I think three of the par fours are 200 yards or more. And then a lot of the par fives here are 450 to 500 yards, even a couple are over 500 yards. So when you get these big old long holes, Bryson DeChambeau is the guy. And I kind of looked over the last 24 rounds. Bryson DeChambeau, 26.8 strokes gained. The next guy below him was Manny Grio, who I also have there at 66 to 1. Make a putt, Emiliano, please, because it is painful <laughs> to watch him West. putt, but it is beautiful to watch you strike the ball. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I was on Emiliano Grillo uh, last week at the Valspar, and I, he got off to a great start. 66 and, and then a 76 on to make the cut by one at the Valspar. So. Exactly, but he's been playing very well, and I don't think his form is all, all of a sudden gone the mm -hmm. other direction. I, I really like him for a top 20 finish this week. Yeah, and, and getting back to Bryson, uh, second in strokes gained par fives on the par threes from 200 to 225. He's fifth in strokes gained, so 
I just thought, okay, he went back to the lab, got to get right. <laughs> I love that. The and lab. now this, and now this is a good spot for him. He's also playing uh, near his home in Dallas next week for the Byron Nelson. Vic Hovland, who Ryan Brickley mentioned in the first segment, twenty to one, low round of the Sunday round on uh, with a sixty-five to tie for third at the Valspar. Just one spot outside the top 10 in the official world golf rankings, and he probably knows it too, to be a top 10 player in the world, which would be his high. This would be a good place for him to win. Will Zalatoris, 30-1, to 1, and I can apply this to Hovland too. Zalatoris, week after the Masters, did not really play well, but now he's got two weeks off, goes back to North Carolina, former Wake Forest Demon Deacon. A victory, his first PGA Tour victory is going to come soon. He's only 24 years old. Wells Fargo has been a venue and has been a tournament where you get a lot of maiden, young, big-name PGA Tour winners or what we thought were going to be big names at the time. And I'll mention that with Anthony Kim, who we all thought was going to be a superstar, Derek 2008. Ernst. Uh, Derek Ernst won. This is a bomb. 500 to 1. <laughs> I think that year that weather was so bad. It was him and David Lynn in the playoff. But Anthony Kim in 2008, Rory McIlroy in 2010, Ricky Fowler in 2012 – all won their first events here at the Wells Fargo Championship. Zalatoris could fit that. Joaquin Neiman, 35-1. to 1. I did play him. He did not make a move on Sunday. Very good off the tee. Eighth off the tee for his last 24 rounds. And then I'll conclude this really quickly. Sun JM, 50-1. to 1. I'm going to take him on a drift. He was 30-1 to 1 last week. Was in position going into the weekend and then yeah, just was. really fell apart. He gets that bad hole and just hasn't been able to rebound. T29 last week, one of the better Bermuda putters on the tour. Always seems to gain off the tee, which I think is going to be a little more important than approach this week. I already mentioned Emiliano Grillo, who was right behind Bryson and all those numbers. Off the tee, par fours of 450 to 500 yards, proximity from 200 plus. And then... I went ahead and closed out the card with Ricky Fowler, oh, 80 boy. to one, 116th now in the you world. You have a big heart. I do. He needed a special, actually the PGA of America has a bigger heart than I do because they gave him a special invitation to Kiwa in two weeks when he wasn't going to make the field. So he's gotten a lot of flack for that. So maybe that gives him some motivation. T17 at the Valero four weeks ago, best finish of 2021. So something maybe to build on. He is a former winner here, has three top fives in his last four starts if he's going to show any progress at all Brady or show any kind of buy sign you would think it would be here so I concluded with Ricky Fowler at 80 to 1 yeah I mean uh, we haven't seen that price on Ricky in a while I think it's certainly worth a shot uh, you know Jordan Spieth when he rolls up Magnolia Lane different things happen maybe it happens here for Ricky Fowler uh, we'll get to my plays I do have one matchup and uh, I mentioned this uh, I believe a little bit earlier I took Victor Hovland at plus 115 over Xander Shoffley so going against Matt uh, Matt's guys there uh, Xander Shoffley, but I like Hovland like you do, Wes. Uh, I, I took him at 20 to 1. Uh, I like what he did last week at the Valspar. And earlier I mentioned, I think there's a correlation here with big boy golf courses like Winged Foot and Torrey Pines. And Hovland was right there at the very end at Torrey Pines, finished second. And, and that leads me to Bryson DeChambeau as well. I'm on him with you. And, you know, I think I've figured out, at least for now, DeChambeau is a guy that is fit or built for certain courses. Mm -hmm. Augusta National is not one of them. He has not figured that place out but yet. But I think this is one of them. This I is agree. a big course if he just can keep it straight. But you know he gains off the tee. And he is going to have on some of these long course on these long holes like 
170 yard shots when everybody else has like 210, 215 yard shots on their approaches to the green. He's actually a pretty accurate driver of the golf ball. If he doesn't get into too much trouble, then he should win this one and going a away. Sneaky good putter. His putting very is very so. underrated in terms of his game. So I took Bryson at 15, Hovland at 20. And I was trying to find one more, and, and I went with Webb. And we were talking about this. You and I usually like to go against a guy that has a home game because there's so much distraction and room for distraction with all the fans and the support and the commitments you have to make all week long to, to get ready for everything. Webb has come out and said, you know, I used to really struggle with that, playing this course where he is a member. But he's also changed, and that's been many years. I also think it very much helps that we're only going to have 20 or 30% capacity of mm -hmm. fans. I think there's going to be less pressure, less pressure, but also just enough support to not be distracting. It might be the perfect level of support that he has here this week with a few fans rooting him on, but nothing to bother him. So I think Webb could go well here. His stats, like Bryson and Emiliano Grillo, I think really jump off the page this week. Uh, number one on tour in scrambling and I think scrambling is going to be very big here this week so took a shot with Webb and then my two long bombs another guy that Brickley doesn't like and Brian Harmon uh, of course he won at Eagle Point the mm -hmm. uh, the other the off course if you will in 2017 but he's had good success here on the Quail Hollow course as well and then I got a uh, I got a hunch about Taylor Gooch. He's been playing pretty darn well as of late. I got him at 125 to one. He too has had good success at Torrey Pines and Winged Foot. And, and you know, you talk about the long shots and their first time victory. And I, I believe this is his first time here playing this course. He was kind of a you never know, and a guy that's maybe better than 125 to one odds. The Gooch could get it done. Always up there on approach, certainly. What's good for the Gooch is good for the Gander. That's going to do it uh, for long shots this week. Next week, we go down into the deep of the heart of Texas to Dallas for the Byron Nelson, and we're bringing our friend Colt Nose to help it break it down here on Long Shots. Cash some tickets this week and enjoy the Wells Fargo. Thanks for watching, everybody. Keep it here on VSIN. Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.